It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Have you ever wondered why you make yourself invisible, procrastinate, or please others to get their approval? According to Dr. Friedman Schaub, our subconscious employs these types of survival patterns to protect us. But living in a survival mode has significant downsides. Dr. Schaub joins us today to discuss how to break free from common survival patterns. Dr. Schaub is a physician, researcher, personal development coach, and the author of the award-winning book, The Fear and Anxiety Solution. His new book is The Empowerment Solution, Six Keys to Unlocking Your Full Potential with the Subconscious Mind. Welcome, Dr. Shop. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Well, it's wonderful to have you back on the show. It's been some time, but I'm so happy that you're here now. And this is such an important topic, doctor, because most people, you may even say everyone, but most people live their life in some sort of a survival pattern. So let's begin by discussing what a survival pattern is. Yes, you're absolutely right. And in general, I think we all use those patterns from time to time. I mean, whether it's procrastination or avoiding things that we are not comfortable with, whether it's sometimes over-pleasing or blending in with the people that we want to somehow be liked by. These are patterns we usually, you know, from time to time use. They become survival patterns when they are the predominant way we are interacting with the world. And when they are driven mainly by stress, anxiety, lack of self-worth, when those patterns make us basically stuck in living a life that is way smaller than it needs to be. That's when they become survival patterns, and that's when we have to ask ourselves, am I anxious and stressed because I'm living in those patterns, and those patterns are reinforcing my anxiety? So let's talk a little bit about our autopilot programming. Can you give us some background about the subconscious mind? How is it programmed, and how does it impact the way we live? Now, the subconscious is the deeper part of our mind that we all know we all have interactions with, whether it's our, you know, impulses, even though we really want to lose weight, but we still find ourselves in the drive through of some of our, you know, our favorite uh, fast food joint or our dreams come from the subconscious, things we do automatically without even thinking like washing our hair or you know, eating while we are watching TV. The subconscious is very powerful. It plays a huge role in our lives. But the subconscious is also ultimately our inner protector. So when we are consciously and based on our uh, physical development early in our life, not really capable of protecting ourselves, the subconscious takes over. 
And it says, okay, let me look at this world and let me look at you here. And, oh, wow, father is not really happy with you because you were, you know, too loud. Or, oh, wow, your friends are ditching you for somebody else. Mm, that is really dangerous. So the subconscious observes, takes notes, and tries to somehow figure out how to avoid pain, rejection, neglect, all of those things that can potentially make us not, quote unquote, survive. And these uh, conclusions of the subconscious observation are usually uh, defined by beliefs, beliefs such as I am not safe, others can be trusted, I'm not good enough, I don't fit in, failure needs to be avoided. These are just some of the core beliefs that are very early in our lives installed. Those beliefs are driving behaviors such as those survival patterns. Is it true then that, is, is it something like age five or seven, the majority of these programs are written and they're not even written by us, they're written by everyone around us? Well, they are basically caused by everything, everybody around us. You're right. They are not necessarily something we are, you know, consciously choosing, and they are not something that defines us. You know, when someone is rejecting us, abusing us, hurting us, that doesn't mean that we deserve to be treated this way. But the subconscious takes it very personally. And that can happen even earlier in life. I mean, those subconscious protection patterns, they can happen even, you know, at birth. So this is something that is very, very deeply ingrained, and we are noticing those beliefs and patterns of the subconscious uh, getting triggered when we feel just like we felt early in our lives. You know, let's say, for example, you get somehow criticized by your boss, and you shrink like the child get, that got ridiculed by the teacher or you don't get a call back from your friend when you, you know, when you wanted to meet and you feel exactly this desperation that you had when you were a teenager and your friends, you know, just didn't want to talk to you anymore. When we feel very small, very powerless and driven by anxiety and insecurity, we know that these old patterns got reactivated. Doctor, what are the six most common survival patterns? And if you would just give us a brief description of each. So in, in broad strokes, there are two modes that I think are the most common ones, which are the avoidance and the pleasing mode. And each of those has three specific patterns that I also observe very often in my clients. So the avoidance mode has the, the victim pattern. And the victim pattern is basically when we are always feeling somehow things are done to us, whether it's that we are seeing other people as the ones that misunderstand us or mistreat us, or whether we see ourselves as a victim of our emotions, our circumstances. The victim pattern is a survival pattern because it always keeps you vigilantly looking around, waiting for whatever happened in the past to repeat itself. And usually it's more about blaming others than taking responsibility for ourselves. The second pattern is the invisibility pattern, which basically says you're better off not getting noticed, not saying something, and also disconnecting yourself from others than trying to reach out or trying to be a part of because that's not safe or you will not fit in. The third avoidance pattern is the procrastination pattern, where we are avoiding failure or avoiding discomfort 
because we don't want to really do things that we feel are maybe too hard, too much for us to do. And so I think we all are very familiar with the procrastination pattern. We are just doing other things or looking for instant gratification. So these are all the avoidance. And the pleasers are more the ones that are reaching out for others for help, approval, a sense of security, a sense of belonging. So the first pattern is the chameleon pattern where we are naturally blending in with anyone around us. We are just picking up how do we need to act? What questions do we need to ask? How do we need to, you know, believe in order to fit in with those people? The second one is the pleaser, the helper that can even lead to the martyr pattern where we just constantly overgive and overplease and put ourselves always on the back burner. And then the third pattern is the lover pattern. And the lover pattern is a pattern of the codependent in some ways, the one that always looks for one specific person to feel complete, to have that person as the answers to all problems. And no matter how dysfunctional the relationship is, there is this holding on to the hope that one day that chosen one will come around or will change. And it's a very, very destructive pleaser pattern that may not be as common, but it's really important to look at because it can really completely derail your life when you're stuck in it. So do we usually have one dominant pattern? We, we probably can take on different ones at different times, but is there usually one that dominates our life? It's more contextual. It's very, you know, there are patterns of, you know, I used to be because of my beliefs and my anxiety, I used to be an overachiever at work. And, you know, when it came to having a career, but then in social settings, I was more an avoider trying just to, you know, keep people at arm's length. Now, my avoidance was much more about being the one that no one really knew, no one really saw my vulnerability, but I was, you know, around other people, but I avoided basically being seen uh, for anything else but what I wanted to be seen. No, so we can really be in different contexts, different or fall into different patterns, but, you know, we have to, if we want to resolve them step by step, focus on the one that drains you the most. You know, the thing about survival patterns is that they do two things to you. The first one is they give your power away. So you always either make other people as a threat, so you always focus on how can I get away from them, or you make the other people as, you know, the saving grace, the ones that makes you feel better about yourself. And you never really, you know, feel like that you're empowered to live in your own way, to, to walk your own path. And the second, uh, you would say, negative side effect of those patterns is that they disconnect uh, ourselves from ourselves. We are, we are not asking ourselves important questions such as, what's important to me? What do I want? What are my values? Who am I? What's my purpose? Because we are constantly in the self-defense mode. And if we feel powerless and disconnected from ourselves, it is like fuel for more anxiety and more insecurity. And that's why it's such a vicious cycle we can get into. So if this is happening at the subconscious level and we're not even aware of our behavior, how do we turn this around? 
Well, awareness is the first step. You know, it's uh, uh, my work is very much about conscious subconscious collaboration. That means getting the conscious intellectual part of the mind in alignment with our subconscious, because the subconscious as an inner protector is a little bit like an overprotective nanny that just assumes that we are still little kids who cannot take care of ourselves. So we are operating with an outdated owner's manual. And so what we need to do consciously is to be aware, what are our old beliefs? What are those behavioral patterns that drain us and don't really you know, fuel us or help us to grow? And then, as I describe in the book, really taking these step-by-step measures to outgrow and update those patterns so that they're really much more you know, tapping into our potential rather than limiting us. And that's what, uh, you know, I think we all can do in order to make our lives more rich and fulfilling, to step out of that what makes us feel comfortable, but ultimately limits us in going more into that bigger version of ourselves. Because when we spend more time in our conscious mind, we can rewrite that programming. We can create new neural pathways. Absolutely. And that's the beauty about when you're consciously working with the subconscious, that you become the leader of your life. I often talk about the empowered leader of your life who is leading the subconscious with consistency, with confidence, with commitment. But then there is a key also with compassion. You cannot just overwrite the subconscious with sheer willpower or logic. The subconscious cares very little about what makes sense, which is why so many emotions don't really make sense. The subconscious cares very much about how things feel. And unless we are feeling trust, we are feeling compassion for ourselves, we are feeling connected to ourselves, ultimately feeling a sense of appreciation and love for ourselves, the subconscious says, well, you're your own worst enemy, so sorry, I will still run my protective patterns. So this relationship with yourself needs to change in order to step out of these patterns, not only on a conscious level, but also on the level of the emotions and, you know, for lack of a better word, in your heart. Why do people cling to these survival patterns so tightly? For example, we all know people that might live in that victim mentality that, like you described, everything happens to them. And if you try to point it out to that person, they become very defensive. They will take it on and say, that is not me. So why are we so protective of these patterns? Well, I think two things. One is, as a society, we are overwhelmed. We just feel bombarded constantly with pressure with things that we are supposed to do or supposed to live up to. There are now so many sources that tell us this is the way and this is the truth and that's what you need to be, that we are confused and overwhelmed and we don't really spend time with ourselves and look inside. And that's why these patterns have one you know, big still purpose to be. They make us feel comfortable because they make us feel, well, we know that. We, it's familiar, let's just stay in there. And at some point, they become our identity. And getting out of those patterns takes a little introspection. It takes time with yourself. And it takes also the step to be uncomfortable for a moment. 
you know, the discomfort is something we are so avoiding. We always feel like, you know, even when we are talking about something and then we are saying, well, sorry, this makes me uncomfortable to talk about this topic. I mean, why are we so attached to comfort? Because we are so scared that outside of the comfort zone, there is something we cannot handle. And I think that's really the two reasons why being in survival mode is something we are still glued to. But at the same time, that's also the reason why as a nation or as a society, we become more and more scared and more and more lost. I mean, when you really look at how many people are now clinging on to, you know, things that really absolutely don't make sense, it is because there is a fear driven need for someone to tell us the truth rather than going inside and looking for our truth we are hoping someone else will point us away so we become more and more powerless and more and more disconnected and i think that's a very dangerous path we're on when people learn to break these patterns how do they become empowered you know it really is interesting it's a very good question it certainly varies from person to person but the first step is that they feel there is a relief. It is almost like a, finally there is acceptance. Finally there is a sense of peace with themselves. And then when they're realizing I'm actually in the driver's seat, I can choose. I can always see, oh yeah, I have a choice to go down into this old pattern or move forward on a new way of being where I take responsibility, where I am self-reliant, where you self-compassion, all these keys to tapping into your full potential that I describe in the book, when you're realizing, wow, these keys are also a sense of power, they make me the creator of my life, then there is a, there is a sense of motivation and excitement that brings ultimately forth new ways of being. I have seen people changing careers, I have seen people you know, all of a sudden uh, going and writing books about their past rather than feeling like they are trapped in it. But I also have seen people staying exactly in the same place they were, but feeling so much more on purpose and so much more aligned because they see themselves as the ones that make a difference rather than feeling like the world is dominating them. So it's a, it's a you know, gradual unfoldment from feeling more relieved and at peace to feeling truly I can create my life the way I choose to. And what, you know, I also find happens is that you may gain more clarity on why you're here. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're living in survival, we're not thinking about thriving. It's not a very creative state to be in. But when you're in this more empowered place, all of a sudden you do feel much more that there is something inside of you that you're here to share, or there is a gift that you all along knew was there, but you always kind of felt, well, that's not special enough. And then you feel the strength and the motivation actually to do something with this. You know what I find fascinating? I've been doing a lot of this work in my own life, and I have grown a lot, and, and I've been able to break a lot of my patterns. But there are times when I find myself backsliding and some emotion will trigger me and I'll go back to that default programming and way of thinking. But the beauty of it is I can see it quickly now. You can see it happening and, and I can transition myself out of it. Well, and that is mastery because mastery is not to be the domineering, uh, you know, 
person who is just suppressing all those patterns and emotions that you don't like. Mastery is being able to see that all emotions and all those old ways of being have a reason to be there. And when they're coming up, doesn't mean that, you know, we're doing something wrong. It's just a, a call for us to make another choice. It's a call for us sometimes also to reassure the more inner protective part in us and say, you know, I know what I'm doing. You can trust me. I know this triggers you. Mastery is to accept all of us, the light and the dark, that what makes us feel powerful, that what makes us feel powerless, and move forward with a sense of acceptance, but also believe in yourself. And that's what you're doing. It's important to note, like you're saying, it's a process. It's it's not like I flip a switch and I'm done and I'm a new person. This is an ongoing lifetime journey. But it's the most gratifying journey. Absolutely. And it gives you in itself purpose because, you know, often I think we are thinking of, you know, the that when we have an issue, it needs to be within 40 hours resolved, just like, you know, we are, uh, I don't know, making an order on Amazon and we are expecting it to be there the next day. And so we are in this very fast resolve mode. And if something takes longer, we get easily impatient and lose interest or even hope. And that's not really our nature. We have to really remember how long it takes in the womb to finally develop and be born and how long it takes as a child to be able to to walk, let alone talk. And, you know, things in nature take time. And they take consistency and they take patience. But all of those things are what ultimately gives us results and real permanent growth. And when we are wanting to skip steps or when we get too impatient or like many people do, they read one book after another, go to one seminar after another, but nothing really sticks because nothing really gets implemented. Well, I think we are just treading waters. And that's the way so many people live their lives today. We want a quick fix. We want the pill. We want whatever is going to fix us without us doing the work. And that's why I think that it's really good when we are starting a, a journey like the empowerment solution journey with curiosity, you know, with really realizing this is not about fixing something. This is about discovering something. This is about remembering something we have forgotten in every step along the way, you will gain more insights and another nugget of your power back. And that is the gratifying part. As long as we're only thinking about what we want to get rid of, it is like, you know, taking every day out the garbage. That's not really gratifying. So you want to always see you're doing it because you gain something back. And in the end, you gain yourself back, your authentic self. The book is The Empowerment Solution, Six Keys to Unlocking Your Full Potential with the Subconscious Mind. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Friedman and his work, you can visit drfriedman.com. Doctor, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, have really faith in yourself that you're always more than you think you are, that you're not defined by your shortcomings, by your patterns, by your anxiety. But these are also not something we should ignore or we should fight they are simply pointers that point us more closely to ourselves. And, and I know that from my own experience with anxiety and from many of the clients I worked with, anxiety and all those survival patterns, the stronger they are, 
the more they are pointing towards something inside of you that you haven't unearthed yet. And that is often your greatest gift. So stay open, stay curious, stay committed, and stay compassionate with yourself. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. I have really enjoyed this conversation, and I look forward to the time when you can come back. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.